Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for walrus, all right, everybody. Well, welcome, boy. That was some kind of intro there, and it's kind of spooky. Uh, you know, this—it's uh, just coincidentally, this is our thirteenth episode, our thirteenth podcast, and we've kind of been planning this for a couple of months and then when we realized the 13th episode was going to fall just right after halloween we decided to speed it up a little bit so this is a supplemental podcast we're not going to charge anybody for this one it's it'll be that's good yeah Yeah. well uh so uh, yeah look look the person right across from me is lanny wallace yes yeah and then (laughs) over here to my left is dudley phelps present Cross and accounted the, for the table at the at the board, trying to figure out how to keep this thing patched together with chewing gum and bailing wires and everything else is uh, Jason Cleveland. And uh, Lanny, what are you going to be for Halloween? Well, you know, I think I am going to an event for what I found out for my wife, mm-hmm. and I said I am so excited, I am ready to go. The only thing I don't want to do is dress up. So I think I'm going to go get a. a a T-shirt with a pumpkin on it. Oh, that's so That's lazy. pretty weak, in yeah, it? Man. Really <laughs> yeah, you would be a good lurch. Yeah, well, I kind of play that role anyways. Daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of 13. Yeah. That's my lucky number. Well, mm. it's my lucky number, too. I was born on Friday the 13th. Oh, you were? Yeah, I sure was. Wow. Don't, you, don't you have, like, sixes? Three sixes in, oh, in yeah. your phone number. Oh, yeah, it is kind of weird how that pops up like that. Yeah. You, you mean, and I'll go ahead and tell everybody what his phone no. the last <laughs> The last three digits are sixes. Yeah. Oh, his, this has been his phone number for a while. And then oh, it's getting spookier by the second. And then I, uh, I borrowed your credit card one time to buy some. That is true. Buy some uh, work related <laughs> items, and there was three sixes in a row in your credit card. Yes, that sure is. And he was born on Friday the 13th. <laughs> That's pretty spooky. Y'all are freaking me out. <laughs> You're freaking me out. Yes, yeah. so Dudley. What are you going to be for? He's Halloween? a he's a not a, a non threatening spooky person. Um, I'm going to dress Dudley up for Halloween, but it's going to be Dudley Five, not Dudley Four. My Dudley, son, Dudley Five. Yeah, I don't get it. Dudley the Fifth, my son, is going to dress, is up, gonna dress up for Halloween like Dudley Four. No. I'm just not going to dress up, but he's going to dress up. <laughs> he's, he's the same name. He's doing the same thing I am. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, Bobby, and, what are you going to no, be? I, I, I'm not going to be. I'll just I be, want, I'll be honest. It's, it's homecoming week, and I'm just burnt out on dressing kids up. Uh, you know, they, they've been dressing up for stuff all week, yeah. and then we got to dress them up again. So. You look burnt out to begin with. Have you been sleeping well? Is he- I, I I have a confession to make. I got back on the coffee. So <laughs> yeah. You look like a strung out attic. Over yeah. There. Yeah. Attic? Attic. Attic. Is that upstairs? Yeah. No, but it's not upstairs. <laughs> All right. I can tell this is going to be a hypercritical oh. podcast here. But uh, so. Well, look, he hadn't had much sleep. So it, he's well, sleepless yeah, and starvel again. Well, and we tried to get him to drink some coffee a minute ago. And he's he, turning it down. He's having water. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, look, uh, blood on the biologic. Did anybody see the deer Marjorie kill? He consistently kills giant deer. That this is period. This is a new. It's yeah. It's a typical two over two hundred inches. Two hundred inch typical. Yeah. That's just that is it's crazy. That is the the 
the top of the mountain on whitetails it's right there. It's just amazing. Know, my money's on him to kill one that'll be the world record one day. Well, he always ups himself, you know, it seems like. Might take him a year or two on that one, it though. It is. I would say, Bobby, you know, statistically, you're probably right. He probably does have a better chance just because he's proven himself over time. Yeah. I don't see, you know, how he holds his composure with those great big deer. That's That's impressive. I think he just knows that much about them. I really do. You know how fanatical he is, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he knows those deer in and out, you know. So I, I, I term it, I think Ben Mackey said it best one time. A lot of those guys are at a level where they're not hunting deer, they're assassinating deer. That's yeah. <laughs> the best way to put it with the technology that, and look, it's a, you know, he's got to be in the right area and put the work in to do it. Mark is a shining example of somebody that, you know, that's the most impressive thing about him is that he consistently does it year after year after year. And he's got his own personal system for doing I, it. I, he's not dependent on anybody else. No. And, and he does it right. And he does. And it's, I mean, that in itself is hugely impressive. Now, he is very blessed to have the resources that he has to, you know, do the things he does. I'm not, you know, which it takes that, you know, but it, still, All what that, he is able to do is important. Yeah. Well, all, all that's impressive to me. Dudley, I, I know you want to say something, but let me finish this. We need some of those lights. <laughs> all, all, all that is impressive. But the fact that he's in that blind with a camera guy and he can keep his composure with a 200-inch, with a 180 to 200-inch whitetail out there, and he can work with the camera guy to make sure they get it all on. And more Very often than not. Archery. <laughs> so impressive. Because I, I know, I, I've, you know, I've been in a ladder stand and a 122-inch <laughs> and my leg will start shaking and then I'll lock my leg so it'll quit shaking and then my whole body starts shaking and I just can't keep it together. My heart beats so loud that I have to close my mouth when deer to, are around yeah, me. You, it, can, you hear can hear it, it going. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just it's it's, impressive. It, to me. And even if I close my mouth, you can still hear it kind of in there. I have to not look at it. Oh, yeah. I don't make eye contact, never make mm-hmm. eye contact. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, I was I was thinking that, you know, I've got a buddy, his name's Cody, and I refer to him as the horse whisperer. Uh, I can walk up and, you know, tell a horse to do something and it it doesn't do it. But when he does, it does exactly what he says. And I think some people just have an, an innate way with animals. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that can translate to a hunter. And some people are just naturally, you know, Muggsy Bogues was, mm-hmm. what, five foot three inches and, and won the slam dunk contest. Right. You know, some people, it's not about your size or, you know, what you what you own or what you have. You're just good at it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. And that almost goes back to that uh, – what is it? The hex system, whatever that thing is, that controls your uh, energy. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, I think we'll get into talking about the moon and how all that kind of stuff affects wildlife. But you know, you're you you have an energy level, uh, an aura, if you will, about you. And mm-hmm. animals, and you think animals animals have it way yeah. more than we do. Right, they do. They depend on it more than we do. So. In- very that, interesting. That, that, you know, in and of itself is kind of spooky. Yeah, it is. Oh, there it is again. Man, oh, a little scared. Man. So speaking of blood on the biologic, I brought some uh, some maximum that my wife uh, uh, some for greens for everybody to try a little uh, bit, including you, Jason. I love. I get greens. that phone call all the time. You put some pepper salt. Can on you it? eat these greens Absolutely. if they're made for animals? They're well, great greens. They're the same, but you know, thirty-eight percent crude protein. They're delicious. Ninety-eight percent digestible nutrients. Yeah, body Cle- by biologic. Cleveland is a bodybuilder, so he was the first one to grab. Oh man, those are great. In fact, I've I've narrowed it down to my favorite cultivar. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Bayaroa rape. Is it the one with the smooth edges instead of the ripply yeah. edges? Yeah, that's the one I like, And too. it's a thicker. Very yeah, thicker. I like it. Very thicker. Is that, can you say it that? It is very thicker. Mm. Pass those to Dudley. He Dudley, needs, these are excellent. He needs some grains. What else we got? It, we got some. Uh, we got it, elk sticks It kind of reminds me of collards, in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are good. And I I mean, we that back in the Portland days, 
Speaking of Portland, we're going to talk to Daryl today, aren't we? We, we are. Yeah. But uh, we used to – those fields were sandy down there, and they'd have the big tubas in the field, and we'd eat those. They're really good, too. And those are excellent. That is good. They're, They're really good. Yeah. I'm going to have to get Miss Melissa's recipe. A little, little salty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no sugar. I didn't even need any pepper sauce. Yeah. Good. Well, you put a little pepper sauce on it, it really – it's a snap up, yeah. snapping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're talking about the big deer Mark Dury consistently kills. Yeah, so I mean we can move on, but I just uh, he kills a two hundred uh, over two hundred inch typical with his bow this past week, and I just that's a I just got to give him my hats off. I'm gonna have to say that final forge did it for him. <laughs> yeah. they, you know they've been gosh they've been playing biologic since biologic was started and yeah uh, he's boy his plots they're as good as anybody's he's he's as into it like i said as anybody even from a science perspective you know we're bringing that soybean out this year um the game changer soybean it he, and we called to talk to him about it. Man, he had so many mm-hmm. questions I couldn't answer, asking about amino acids, and I'm like, "Whoa, you need to talk to Dudley." <laughs> yeah, even some, yeah, even that's over my head. Have to call the soybean folks. Yeah, yeah. So Dudley, what about uh, what what have, what have you want to talk about today? Anything specific? No, I I, I kind of want to brag a little bit about my brassicas. I went back to my place. You know the spot that I. Uh, basically top-dressed the seed mm-hmm. around September 1st, mm-hmm. actually August 29th, and, uh, you know, didn't disc it or anything. Uh, sprayed, throw the seed out. Was intended on mowing it to cover the seed, and it started raining. But this is year six in a row, and I've done this crude process that a lot of people call throw and mow. And once again, it looks excellent. You know, there's a few little bare spots, mm-hmm. but uh, – it's knee high. It's already making tubers. You know, so we're two months in. Did you mow it this time? You said it was too wet. Uh, well, I mow it about a foot high uh-huh. in early August, wait two weeks, spray it, and then come back a couple weeks later and throw the seed out. And then I try to mow it to, to lightly cover the seed with that thatch. Mm-hmm. But this year I wasn't able to because it started raining and it came up and did great anyway. Well, we've, we've got a test going on in Macon because we planted it yesterday. And it was, you know, we sprayed it and cut it and then seeded it and then trimmed it low again. So we'll see. I was at the gas station. The guy, the guy, guy we always run into down there is like, y'all hunting? I said, like, mm, we're planting food plots. He goes, y'all late. <laughs> I said, we drew an elk tag. He goes, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, what happens? You know, this year um, there has there's been so much rain. I mean, I yeah. can't remember a year where we've had more <clears throat> tropical depressions, hurricanes. I mean, it seems like every Wednesday that we've been in here, we're watching the weather oh, channel, and there's some, some system. Some. And now there's Z- uh, Zeta. Yeah, coming yeah we've too. all had plenty of chances to yeah, put seed out in front of a rain front. That right. picture you sent was is from Mississippi with those brass. Is it John Paul's brassicas that you sent around? It is. They're gorgeous. Oh, man, they look like the Drury's brassicas. Yeah. That's he crazy. caught it just right. That's full draw. Caught really? it just right. So, so, yeah, and I saw a picture of Dudley's field. It, it was gorgeous. Really looked good, Dudley. Mm-hmm. Hats off to you. Thank you. It's, That's exciting. It really is a, a way to, you know, easily plant food plots, and it works. I like a challenge, and, you know, it it's easy to do, but, you know, you're always worried that, mm-hmm. you know, it might not it come fail. up. And six years, it hadn't failed me. Right. So let's make a point to put a <clears throat> utilization cage on that. Okay. Yeah, that would be good to keep an eye on. So on today's show, we're going we're gonna to just uh, discuss, kind of have a roundtable here about moon phases and how they affect – Hunting slash wildlife, wildlife, yeah, and um, and then if everybody will hang on, if we hadn't put them to sleep by then, we've got a couple of we got a couple of wild hunting camp stories that we're going to tell, kind of that are kind of spooky. So uh, there we go. There we go. We've we've kind of had this lined up for I don't know four or five weeks, but uh, I, I've been looking forward to doing it. I don't know if you if y'all have or not, but uh, let's get right into the moon phases. And Lanny, you seem to be more interested in this than the average. Uh, I think I probably follow a uh, moon. I've got a moon phase app on my phone, 
And isn't it the blue moon coming up? Is that right? The blue moon is the beer that you've got sitting right there. In front well, of this is actually, this will be a blue moon, this full moon that's going to land on October 31st, I think, which is Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what a blue moon is? Well, no, I don't. It's having a full moon in the same month. So the second moon, full moon in that month would be the blue moon. Well, I'll be. Once, Once in a, in a blue, blue moon. moon. Yeah. And look, we've had uh, blood moons. There's all kinds. Of, Dada was saying something about a beaver moon. Uh, yeah. Um, so this month, we've got October 1st. They refer to that. October 31st, they refer to that as the hunter's moon. Oh, even better. And uh, you the November 30th is called the beaver moon. Ah. And I think, uh, you know, Native Americans came up with a lot of this, and then we, we kind of messed with it, too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's mostly Eastern Native Americans that came up with this, you know, named moons. Well, and I'm sure they plant a lot of their crops by moons, and they use a lot of solar lunar indicators on when to do things. Harvest moon. Harvest moon. Planner's moon. Planner's moon. Moon pie. That's a, you Holly. There's a lot of moons. <laughs> it, it really is. So what? Whatever there's activity. one month that can't have a blue moon. Which month would you think that? That'd probably be February. Man, you are sharp today, buddy. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> you ate your Wheaties this morning. Mm-hmm. It's, them, it's that biologic. I may have rode in on the turnip truck. But it said biological. <laughs> That's good, Bobby. Yeah. Thank you. I write my own material. Did you, did you brainstorm that idea? I write my that own little material. saying. <laughs> oh Lord! All right, so Deli, what about you? What do you? What's your opinion of the moon phases? If you can put those greens, not necessarily yeah, the phases. I can't quit I mean, eating the greens. Do you think um, it affects hunting, deer hunting? Does it affect you as you get ready to go deer hunting? It. You know, I grew up looking at it. And uh, so, yeah, there's been a couple of studies that apparently have proven that the moon doesn't have an impact on deer. And I just, you know, I, I trust science. I really do. Sure. On a lot of things. But I just, it's just too compelling. I mean, you know, look, look at the fish. Look, I mean, so many things in the animal mm-hmm. kingdom are influenced by the moon. I just... Well, there's sunrise and sunset and moonrise and moonset. That's how, you know, the good times to hunt and fish. And, I mean, and you know, as a hunter and a fisherman and everything else, we always call it that special time, which we're referring to is, you know, right before sunrise, right before sunset. And the same is true with, with moons. I mean, if it affects the tides, you know, and it has that much gravitational pull, I mean, some people would say it even affects the menstrual cycle of, of animals and wildlife yeah. and everything in general too. So you'd think it would have some, some kind of effect. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Right. I but mean, these studies, yeah, the studies, you know, they're say. getting photos and it's not. Yeah. That, uh, you talk about that one at the, at the King ranch, um, mm-hmm. where they put, I think they put collars on them and they couldn't find any significant, relevance between deer movement and moon phase no however they did say that the uh lowest daytime movement of deer were doing a full moon and the highest daytime movement were doing during the new moon which is the opposite of what no, I would no, think no, I, right. from a light perspective, right, so okay. you, they can see better at night, so they're able to feed. You know, I've heard ducks migrating at night. They were oh, here yesterday, full moon yeah. went, they right. flew. So there's more, you know, I think from, I guess, photo, I don't know what that would, you know, just more light or less light for them. So you can't say it doesn't, the moon doesn't affect wildlife movement just from that simple fact. I don't think you can. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying these studies are wrong whatsoever. It's just insignificant, I think, is what they're finding out. Okay. Well, so you, so growing up, you always heard guys say, well, it was a full moon. The deer fed all night. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to see one today during the day, except in May, the middle, in the middle of, the day. of the day. And right. so you would hunt in the middle of the day. In the middle and, of the day. You know, and I always felt like I saw more deer in the middle of the day when I yeah. don't want a full I moon. I did, too. I have, too. And, you know, for me, for fishing, you know, because I target, you know, predatory species of freshwater fish, I guess is the best way to put it. They tend to want to feed in the lowest light conditions. You think about a flathead, how his eyes are, you know, and and where he's designed to feed from, uh, you know. And so then you got the phases of the moon and then you got how 
in the illumination of the moon. Then you got how close the moon is to the Earth. Gravity. Yeah, and it's called the perigee, which is the when the moon is closest because it's not a perfect circle. You know, it's oblong the orbit mm-hmm. of the moon, <clears throat> and then an apogee is the when it's furthest away. So, like planning when I if I can plan to fish, you know, for flathead specifically is going to I'm going to try to fish the weekend where there's a new moon and it's the apogee ideally so it's the furthest away and the, it's the least illuminated therefore the water is darker so that predatory species of fish it's going to be closer f- to the surface now he's going to feed more okay going to feed more weekend when did that affect anything I'm just saying when I have a chance to fish just try to line it yeah. up I say weekend you know I mean <laughs> it doesn't always fall on a weekend you go every day during the week well so. I would if I could yeah <laughs> but now I got to plan more things so yeah I do have access to go but that's the the so I, I just can't and you know fishing saltwater fishing everything's about the tide you know even um, even diving slack tides, you know, when the current, you know, because it's going this way and then it changes direction. That's when you fish, you know, and do those kind of things. So, so when, I don't know. I believe it's a huge, uh, it has a, a, a significant effect on all types of life forms on the planet Earth. How about that? So maybe the reason I'm seeing deer in the middle of the day is because I'm confident and I'm actually, because you're you know, there. Yeah. Yes, because you're there. Well, I do believe those deer were probably up all night. So, you know, how when they would, if it's darker, they're going to move in those twilight phases. But if it's light, they're going to have more movement through the night. So they're going to go to bed earlier. Right. Therefore, they wake up, you know what I mean? Yeah. But And that's that's why it makes sense to me. But the, apparently the studies have proven that that's not the case. So. Now, I think what they were talking about is the moon phases. Okay. So, um, and buck movement specifically. Well, and- they did note that, that it wasn't significant. But again, the same studies noted that the... Again, the the greatest daytime feeding movement was during a new moon <clears throat> when it's darker at night, and that's normal behavior. Yeah. It's just uh, moving that behavior forward or backwards. A Same way bit. for us, you know, because those nights, you know, we get out of the dummy line. There's not a moon. Uh, he's showing no street light anywhere around. You know, it is. Uh, you put it's your hand in front of your face, dark. And then there's other times you get out there, you can see all the way across that big old clear cut. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like the inside of a cow's like stomach. You feel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one time, several years ago, I went to Minnesota, and Todd Amonrude and I fished for muskies with Bruce Hudala. Mm-hmm. And I'd never done it before. And we had a uh, this guide was taking us. And, you know, they say they're the fish of 10,000 casts. So Bruce and I were... 9,000. We were, we were, and Todd just sat in the back of the boat. And he he, he just he said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And and the guide kept saying when the moon gets to the certain... It's kind of the best bite of the mm-hmm. day. So all day went by. And the, and, Todd and the hadn't eat, fished the, yet. Todd hadn't fished yet. <laughs> and, then, and then finally he kind of gets up and grabs a rod. Stretches. And and he casts and he casts for about fifteen minutes and then he catches a fifty four inch muskie. <laughs> well, none of the rest of us had even seen a fish. Yeah. He caught a fifty four inch muskie. It was the biggest thing. I had to hold him by the his belt <laughs> to keep the fish from pulling him in. Uh, wow. We got the fish netted and then the guide said, "See, I told you, look at the moon." And we look and the moon was touching the top of the trees. And the guide had said, "When that moon gets to where it's touching the trees, the muskie will start." So did Todd put his rod and reel up after that? He did, he was exhausted. That. <laughs> that fish whooped him, and and the people that didn't catch anything were exhausted from casting well, yeah. all day. Well, we were yes, you know, ten thousand and one casts, and didn't those huge plugs and. But that know, was all yeah. about the the guy yeah. was right, and uh, and then I fished with this guy up there that was talking about the moon and muskies later, and what a big deal that was. So it it seems like it really affects fish. Is I guess is my point. Yeah, I would think. Well, I mean, because the pure gravity of the moon versus the sun is what creates the tides. So that water's moving. You know, it's, I don't know if you've you know, spent much time underwater, but when the water, you got a lot of current, it's a lot harder to move than when, you know, there, it's a, it's a, it's a slack tide mm-hmm. or in between the tide changes. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it's illumination or gravity's, you know, the pull of it on, you know, the, the things on the earth, but I just can't, I think anybody that's uh, spent their whole life outdoors would say, uh, absolutely, the, Moon has an effect on wildlife. So if I'm planning a fishing trip, I might really look hard at the moon. Mm-hmm. But if I'm if I'm got a hunting trip or something, I'm just looking at weather. 
more, yeah, more influence. I think weather is a bigger influencer. I would definitely say that. You know, and I, going back to that perigee and apogee, that's you've heard of a is it a nip tide, neap tide, and what they call it? So that's rip, rip tide. No, neap tide. It's a very s- small tide. So that's when the moon is further away from the Earth. Okay. And when it's a, a big tide, it's when the moon is closer to the Earth. And what tide is that called? Uh, I don't know. I'll find out. As long as you don't say roll tide, we'll be You know, over here. We ain't saying it. Is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's like a minor tide, but a, a different word for it. Um, I, I got it right here. But y'all move on. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, wow. The minor tide, the nip tide, rip tide, the moon. You know, uh, so you're saying that at times the moon is further away from the Earth. Mm, you yeah, mean, because it, it's not a perfectly perfect the, the circle. Orbit, orbits, yeah, right. the orbit is not perfect. Yeah, right. And you know, probably I always thought of it as an optical illusion. The way it looks so big sometimes, and sometimes it looks so small. No, it's closer. I mean, closer to the Earth. I don't. I don't know what the variation is, but it's significant. I mean, because you can see obviously see it with your naked eye. When it first rises, it, it looks always yeah, giant. it looks giant. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you see it as it kind of reduces back down. And uh, that's because of all the dust particles and whatnot in the air uh, acts to magnify it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's usually more pronounced, you know, when it's dry in the late summer and there's, du- you know, more dust in the air. Mm-hmm. But the moon, you know, it does come up about Sorry. 50 minutes later every night. 50. So, so when you look at these uh, moon charts and whatnot, you'll see like the peak time. Mm-hmm. It always changes by roughly 50 minutes every day. Yeah. And, uh, and so... Yeah, when you're when you're looking, you know, you're camping or something, and you notice that the moon comes up at a certain time, mm-hmm. uh, you can impress somebody and say, "I bet it'll come up at this time tomorrow night." <laughs> Whoa, <Real> bro! <laughs> so it's a spring tide and a neap tide. Okay, okay. So good. Not yeah. spring because of what time of year it is, because it springs higher, uh, and neap tide is small. And I think don't they flounder? They want to flounder on a full moon and a neap tide on the coast. I have to ask cousin Jess about that. Yeah, we'll have to get Jess on here, and he can talk about the Jubilee and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah. And so then even, and one more thing, I'll quit talking about the moon, but, you know, it's more than likely. Do you promise? Yes. (laughs) The formation of the moon or, you know, has something to do with the axis we're on orbiting around the sun, which is why we have seasons. So if you were straight up and down and all the time, everything would be the same. But the fact you have a northern and southern hemisphere, and depending on where the, the orbit is around the sun, something's closer to the sun. That's why you have spring and summer. And fall and winter. Look that? at you. Wow. Stimulate your mind, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so you know how the moon supposedly got formed. Well, we've kind of been over this in the... I thought it was a crow laid an egg in the sky. Caca! <laughs> so why don't you tell us? Well, supposedly, and of course nobody knows because this was... Wait, we, we should... This is a long time ago. We should make sure everybody, if there's anybody driving, we don't want to put them to sleep and run okay. off the road. But So we're just warning you right here now. Here, here let Landon, let's, <laughs> yeah, so, everybody stretch good and let's I mean, go into uh, supposedly. Here. And I mean, nobody knows this, obviously, but... Earth, which was maybe on axis and another celestial body of a planet of some kind, of some magnitude, impacted each other when I think the Earth was probably being formed at some point when God was working on that part of it. And then, (laughs) (laughs) okay, go ahead. And so, as they impacted, you know, they kind of, I guess, became one. And then the dust and all the debris from that impact slowly gathered together and formed the moon. And after that, started orbiting around the Earth. And then, therefore, the Earth was off axis and the moon starts rotating. And, you know, so don't know, but part of That's your God's great. Now, I'm not saying that. Look, I'm intrigued like, like by anything 
you know, obviously uh, in God's great creation. So I just, it is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it, you walk outside and you look and you see this thing you out just there. Go outside and, and, and look you, at the stars. It's, it's very mm. anybody with any curiosity yeah, wonders. Yeah, yeah. What about? Am you, I going guys? too deep? I'm sorry. We're getting kind of deep, guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's but shallow back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! If the moon were made of cheese, would you eat it? I would. I love cheese. Yeah, there's a lot of cheese eaters around here. All right. Well, so um, look, it's about time. Why don't Why don't we take a Let's get everybody back awake. Let's take a break. And uh, Cleveland, why don't we see if we can get Daryl Dague on the phone now? Daryl, let me just tell everybody. Years ago, worked here at Mossy Oak. He he came here from Natchez, Mississippi, and, Natchez. Then, and then he we lived in Birmingham for a little bit. And he was you're in my boss for. Probably ten years, and all the bad habits we have, I think, could probably he attributed the, to him. He was a great boss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. I would agree. He yeah, was, he was we spent a, a lot guy. of time with Daryl. I'm I'm pumped to get to talk to him today. Yeah, uh, and he's run off to North Carolina and made sacks of money, and he's living the. And I hadn't even called us. And I think all he does is hunt and fish, and he'll call once a year and buy some biologic. I told him what a good mate I was on the boat, dude. I can tie him up, clean him up, everything. Mm. <laughs> all right, well, he's got a really good hunting camp spooky story. Spooky so stories we'll going to be spooky story it. time coming up. Yeah, it sure will. So here we go. Oh lord, Ooh. what about that cat? You got that cat? Where's the mountain lion? <laughs> That's a hang right there, boy. <laughs> right. When I first bought this farm a short time ago, every single field was growing up with brush eight and ten feet high. But it went from that to this. And even though I planted biologic with very little moisture in the ground, I was really amazed at the results. I just sat in this field with my wife as she shot her very first deer. We could not be happier. We made a memory that will last a lifetime. All because of the effectiveness of the best food plot seed on the market. Biologic is better seed, pure and simple. Log on to plantbiologic.com to learn more. Hey folks, it's Jeff Foxworthy. You know, when I was a kid, my dad bought back the farm that he had grown up on. And I absolutely loved that place. I knew every square inch of it. It truly was my favorite place on earth. And when you're looking to find a favorite place for you and your family, Mossy Oak Properties can help. Visit MossyOakProperties.com to begin your search today. Hey, I think Daryl was there when the cat story happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, don't tell me he's going to be somebody that you can oh. validate. I mean, he's not going to be able to validate it, but I think he was there. I think he answered. Uh-oh. Daryl, are you there? Hey, man. I'm here. How are you doing? We're good. We're good. I've got Lanny here with me. and David. Hey, Daryl. Lanny, what's going on, Biggin? Man, we're sitting here chewing the fat, talking about old times. <laughs> yeah, and we've got uh, Dudley Phelps here with us. I don't know that you've, hey, uh, you've ever met Dudley, but... Uh, I, don't know. I don't know Dudley. How you doing, Dudley? I'm good, and you? So, Daryl, we were just... Uh, yeah, we're eating... First of all, we're eating Biologic Greens that Melissa cooked. They're excellent. Oh, good. They are delicious. <laughs> yep, and uh, yeah. Lanny is... Uh, eating some elk meat and threatening to drink a blue moon beer since we, we started talking about the moon on yeah, this the blue side. moon is is this weekend so we were just kind of reminiscing to the audience that uh that, that lanny and i both worked for you here at mossy oak for a number of years and i pointed out that all the bad habits that we have probably came from you <laughs> we were trained well all on that well yeah, and so the reason for the call is uh, mm-hmm. we we since it's Halloween, we wanted to talk about we wanted just to go through. Lanny's got a scary story. We all got a little bit of a, a little scary story we were going to tell. But you have, in my mind, the quintessential scary hunting camp story, and uh, I was we were hoping that you would tell that. Well, you know, I, Bobby, I've got I've got a whole host of Miss Bessie stories. <laughs> But I'll be glad to share with you any and all of them that you want me to. 
Well, the one where particular are you talking about? The one that I'm thinking about was um, that just just I just can't get it out of my mind was uh, when you and your I think it was your brother in law and he had a young son. And uh, right. and I think y'all were the only ones there. I'm not sure about that, but uh, yeah, I know y'all were asleep in the room upstairs on the right. That's right. So yeah, I do remember that story. So let me set. Hang on, Daryl. Let me just set something up a little bit. Lane, feel free to jump in here. But sure. but years ago, and I can't remember how many, but it's probably been at, at least. 17, 18, 20 years. Long time. Mossy Oak leased a camp called Lee Haven. Yeah. And it was this beautiful antebellum home. And it was actually Robert E. Lee's brother was the mm-hmm. lead part of this thing. And it's the house is still there. It was just gorgeous. And it had a some uh, the the there was a lady there, Miss Bessie, and there was a camellia garden out back that still remnants of it are still there. And she was According to the lore, was killed by a pack of da- or, uh, her some own Dalma- Dalmatians. Dalmatians, and her own her own Dalmatians, right? Dog. And uh, maybe cut her hand or yeah. something, and the blood made them go crazy. Man, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so when we got the lease down there, we being Mossy Oak, and all of us started going down there. Daryl, you were kind of leading the charge, Toxie, and and cleaning up, and Spence, and. There's just uh, so many hunting. I mean, so many spooky stories came out of that camp. Yes, I think it's on the Alabama Registry of Scary Places. You know, so it's not just us. Yeah. Speaking of scary, you ever seen a Dalmatian's teeth? And people used to swear they saw a Dalmatian dog in the woods on a hunt. I know somebody. I know somebody. We're we're going to have a guest one of those. Yeah. 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 We sure will. So, Special guest. So, uh, with th- with that said, I'd love for you to tell that story. But if there's another one that you think is uh, equally worthy, of, you know, feel free. Yeah, it's already. So, but, yeah. Let, let me tell two stories, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Because because the the, the first story, yeah, you know, we I, I I guess it was probably the early '90s when we mm-hmm. first leased that place. And, and the house, when we got there, was in shambles, if you recall. So we spent, you know, some amount of time to kind of demo in the house and turn it into a, to a hunting camp. And in the midst of all that demo work and restoration work that we were doing, if that's what you want to call it, we had, we had readied up one of the bedrooms upstairs so we had a place to sleep while we were there picking up the house. And this was very early on, and, and, and one one weekend, Claire and Taylor and I were there, and we had been at Shamula playing with the Hazes, and we'd been at Lee Haven messing around the house and riding on the land, and, and Claire and Taylor, Claire was probably eight, and Taylor was four or five, something like that, just and kids. They wanted kids. to go spend, they were my kids, yeah, my children, and, and they wanted to go spend the night at Lee Haven. So we packed up our gear from Shamula and went to Lee Haven about probably 9.30 or 10 o'clock one night. And so I had Claire and Taylor and sleeping bags and bags and a whole host of stuff. So we drove up to the house and parked the truck right by behind the back porch and walked up on the steps. And at that time, there was a, 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 a master lock situation on the back door. So I had to put everything down, and the kids are right beside me on either side, and I put all the bags down, I opened the door, and I did the lock, and opened the door, and reached my arm in and flipped the lights on, and, and the lights didn't come on. But I could hmm. see through the dining room, through the living room, into the stairwell, if y'all can recall that, and there was a mm-hmm. light on in the mm-hmm. stairwell inside. So I, I know that light well. <laughs> yeah, right. So so I jumped, I grabbed all them. I said, come on, follow me. So we kind of wiggled our way through all the mess that was downstairs at the time and found our way to the top of those stairs where there was another lock on the door. So uh, and Claire's playing Parker, excuse me, Taylor, two steps behind me, and I kind of set everything down, and I opened the door, and I had to kind of run into the landing because there was an alarm in there to key the alarm. So I did that, and I left the kids in the hall and, just, and, and went in to undo the lock. And when I turned around, the kids were kind of frazzled. It was kind of weird anyway. And so I put in the code, and about the time I turned around to retrieve the kids who were kind of wide-eyed, the alarm went off. And again, as, if you recall, the alarm was a speaker right mm-hmm. over the door, mm-hmm. an eight-foot ceiling. It's a great big old speaker. And all of a sudden, it went off, and it was this, this ear-piercing alarm. 
And that got the kids all riled up. And so I turn around, they're blast onto my legs. And I start keying the code trying to get it undone. And I couldn't get it to go off. And it it seemed like an hour, but it was probably about 90 seconds. (laughs) Nobody's coming. It's not like the alarm's calling the sheriff. We're in the middle of nowhere. So I said, we got to go. I don't know how to turn this dadgum thing off. So we grabbed all of our stuff. And we marched back down the stairs, and of course the kids are kind of latched to me now because it's loud and it's dark. And I get to the back door. In fact, I'm carrying Taylor at this point because Taylor is scared. So I would get down to the back door and put everything out on the back porch and and, and put Taylor down and reached around to shut the door. And while I'm shutting the door, every light in the house comes on. Just boom, on the back porch light, the kitchen light, the dining room light, the living room light, all the lights upstairs. The whole thing lit up. Mm. Whoa, that's weird. So I shut the door, locked it, jumped in my truck, kind of threw everything in there. And, and, I, and I turned, you know, you had to back out and kind of loop around the side of the house to get out on the highway. And as I made that turn and looped by the side of the house, I stopped and rolled my window down just to kind of take it all in. And it went dead silent. Lights out, alarm off. Dead silent. Don't. Like somebody was watching us. She was. Ultimately, I believe that now. But at that time, there was rumors about a ghost in the house and all that. We hadn't really had an experience that I was aware of. So that was my first little taste of Miss Betsy. And there were many. It certainly got my attention. And, and, and so fast forward. You know, I don't know how long, probably a couple of months during the, the first hunting season that we were there. And the house was still kind of in shambles, but kind of pieced together. We had put a room together upstairs. There were two rooms and a bathroom and a little landing upstairs. And the room on the right had three to four or five beds in it. And the room on the left was empty. And so Steve, my brother-in-law, and his son, Tyler, and Tyler was probably... I don't know, seven or eight, nine years old, just a young boy, but really excited about coming to hang out at the camp and, and to go hunting. He hadn't done a lot of hunting, but he was excited about it. So they came in on Friday afternoon. And, and there was a couple of people there, Bobby. I can't remember who, but there was, it, it may have been Dixon and, and who knows, Merritt Rogers or somebody downstairs. So we got in our Friday afternoon, made an afternoon hunt. Wasn't memorable, came back. And uh, after the hunt, had a, a, a dinner. I think it's probably one of the first dinners Barbara ever cooked at the camp. So Miss Barbara prepared us a meal that was awesome. And we, we hung around talking about our hunting afternoon and where we were going to hunt in the morning. We went to bed. You know, pretty normal night at Lehigh. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so Steve and Tyler and I retreated to the upstairs bedroom. And whoever else was there with us stayed in one of the bedrooms downstairs. And we went up, and there's a, a window air conditioner, you guys will recall. Mm-hmm. And I crawled in the bed, and Tyler and Stephen C. crawled in the bed. But sleep. Woke up the next morning, and Steve and Tyler, neither one are in the bed. This is at 5 o'clock. I'm getting ready to go hunting. And uh, went downstairs, and Steve and Tyler are dressed in their in their street clothes, not hunting clothes, and they tell me they've got to go home. Something's come up in Mobile, and they have to leave. This is four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, and I could tell something was wrong, so I didn't really want to press them on it. And uh, so they left, and you know, I never really mentioned to them anything about it until it, it may have been a year later when Steve told me the story. Once he started understanding that we were having these incidents with this ghost at Lee Haven. He said, well, let me tell you what happened to me that night. We were at uh, Lee Haven. Tyler and I were there. He said, I woke up at some point in the middle of the night, and he didn't tell me when, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, sometime at night, in the dark. And he felt around in his bed for Tyler, and and Tyler wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) he wasn't overly concerned about it, but he sat up in the bed, and he said when he sat up, he saw this white cloud come out of the air conditioner and kind of blow under the door into the into the landing, which was kind of weird, kind of freaked him out a little bit. And he said he could kind of hear Tyler crying out there somewhere. So immediately, obviously, he jumps up, 
runs into the landing, and, and he, the, both the doors to the bedroom and the landing and the stairwell are all closed. And so he opens the door to the stairs, and there's nothing there, and reaches over and opens the door to the bathroom. And Tyler is crouched down in a ball between the, the, the uh, commode and the tub and is just in a state of hysteria. I mean, and, and, and Steve says it, it took me a minute or two to get his attention. He was just crying in, in a complete state of hysteria. And by the time he got his attention, Tyler forced out of his mouth and said, Daddy, there's a lady in that room in a rocking chair, and she won't speak to me. Mm. And Steve said, you know, at that point, time, he didn't it's know whether to believe it. We going home. Right. He's got this cloud that's gone under the door. His son's in the bathroom in his dairy, and there's a woman in the next door bedroom that he knows isn't there in a rocking chair. He's a so wise man. It's time every, to go. <laughs> every, right. He said it took everything he had to open that door to that bedroom and turn the light on. And, of course, it was empty. There was nothing there. So <laughs> and they were right up. And you I were sleeping. Asleep. Yeah, and he was asleep in the other <laughs> room. <laughs> he was in the same room. Yeah. I was in the same room with him and then slept through the whole thing. Yeah, that and, air conditioner was they, they got up that night at that time, whatever time it was, and went downstairs in the kitchen and waited on us to get up so that they could get out of there as fast as they could. And it literally took Steve a year to tell me that story. Wow. And well, it's true. That that's is the story a, I remember. Yeah, that's a wild story. That is that's crazy. the one, yeah. If it had been me, I'd yeah. blow the windows out of that thing screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there, there were so many times here. We, I slept in that place by myself, only a handful of times. I, I, was, I didn't like it at all, being there by myself at night. And I never slept there. It was, it, was, it was a spooky place. I, it really was. I always carried my dog slept with me back then. I don't sleep with my dog, but Chief, right. I carried Chief when I would go upstairs. Chief and me was tight. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you could do like Daryl. He probably he probably had a, a few tidies and he was sleeping. Oh, I had a couple tidies, that's for sure. But it, yeah, no, it, it's a spooky place. There's no doubt about it. Uh, that it light, really that light at the top of the the staircase you're talking about. That's so uh -huh. vivid for me because I had a similar experience. I think we'd actually had Portland and Lee Haven at the same time, and I was running a camp at Lee Haven, and Daryl was running a camp at Portland, and they kind of overlapped. And I got everybody taken care of there, and was you know doing the old shut the camp thing down, and went and turned from the upstairs, turned all the lights off through the house, got there. Locked the door, walked outside, and that light he was talking about was on in the upstairs again. And I was like, I know. I turned that thing off. Uh -huh. But I'm going to go in there and I'm going to turn it off. Well, I didn't make it all the way to the light. <laughs> now I don't want this. To dis yeah, I don't want this to discredit my sighting of the of the cat. Oh my god! Yeah, you're fight. already discredited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his Black Panther sighting. It was not a Black Panther, but it was a long tailed and cat. And and it's a weird light. It's the white. It's the light hanging on the cord and the yep. empty bulb just hanging there. It's so just hanging. It's spooky. Kind of anyway, just hanging there. I didn't it's see anything, by but I felt something. And if it's gonna get me, it's gonna get me from behind because I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember running down the stairs, running out of the house, and jumping in that uh some old truck we had, locking the doors. <laughs> wow. Well, on one of the go ahead. Go ahead I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead, Daryl. Do y'all remember that Weezy board that we couldn't throw away? Oh. Uh, you remember that? I remember mm -hmm. the stories, yes. You know, yes. I don't like it. The Weezy stuff. board there, when we first started tearing that place apart, and Spence Bonjean and I each threw that thing away in a, in a barrel out in the backyard numerous times, but it always showed back up. Always, always, always. And we thought each other were playing a joke on one another. Um, but we weren't, and we don't know how in the world that thing kept coming out of that barrel and showing back up in mysterious places in the house. And one time there was a, a, a fire in that barrel, and I brought that Ouija board out, and I said, Spence, 
throw this in that fire. He said, hell no, I'm not throwing that in the fire. <laughs> he don't want a bad hand on him. <laughs> oh, no way he was throwing in the fire. So I, I don't know what came there. It's probably still there today. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. Well, you know, I had a, a group of, of hunters from Texas, from BWI, that came down one time. And, of course, everybody wanted to hear all the stories yeah. and sat around downstairs and was just fascinated and scared to death. Everybody moved in a little pod of groups. From where are you going? Room. I'm going with you. <laughs> and so, i got to pee, too. So later that night, about 10 o'clock, one of the guys, <laughs> one of the guys uh, we, we'd all kind of decided where we were going to hunt. And for some reason, we decided we would go show him how far down the road he needed to go or where the turn was so he could walk to this stand. We were going to drive down there and show it to him mm -hmm. about 10 o'clock at night. Behind the house, I'm sure. Uh, in front of the house. Oh, in front of the house, yeah, across yeah, the road there. Across right. the road. And I, we were way down in this swamp, down near, the, I, can, I can't remember the name of the plot, but it had a, like a corral down next to it, and you went right next to the river. Mm -hmm. You could see the river from right in there. Well, we were down there. And all of a sudden, I mean, it's just 10 o'clock at night. You could see some eyes in the road. And so, you know, I stopped and everybody's like, I wonder what that is. There were four people in my Bronco. And we just creeped closer and closer to those eyes. And those eyes were walking down the road closer and closer. And as we got to it, it was a Dalmatian. Oh, it, no. it was as, it was as no clean. Way. It was black and white and, and not, it was just perfectly clean no mud on it and it just stood there in the road and all those guys in the truck just started freaking out I bet they did. <laughs> you ever seen how crooked the teeth are on a dalmatian i have not They're bad news man mm. yeah, right. that, that's hilarious and you know, there are many stories and it, it may maybe one of yours where people would try to get out of the bed in the night to go to the bathroom and felt like it was pushing, pushing on their down. chest. Yeah, yeah, that was a very common yeah. down there. Yeah. I had that. That's why I had Chief in the bed with me. <laughs> I was going to look over <laughs> him and be like, you feel that? <laughs> That's fun. Those are good times, though. Goodness gracious, that was a good time. Mm. Yeah, that was a cool place. It really was. Yeah. Well, Daryl, we sure miss you. Yeah, man, we do. I appreciate that, and I, pre I appreciate the phone call, and certainly I miss you guys. I hope y'all are doing well. Yeah, oh, send, we're doing good. Send us a, some notes on $100 bills and tell us how you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I got them on the way. That's, That's what I'm talking I, about. They, they tell us you just own. On a light, uh, just a little, on a lighter note, the, the, the bulbs that you sent to me late to plant are actually have germinated, so we're, right. we're in pretty good shape on our food plot. And well, you got some more rain coming to you that ought to be there this weekend. Yeah, we just got a little bit today. We, we're about done with the rain. Good gosh, we've got so much rain. Mm. Well, that, that Zato, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like it's coming. It'll be to you all about Saturday. So. Down there in Grand Isle right now. It is coming to shore right now? Mm -hmm. it, it will be tonight. So, so look, Daryl, we appreciate you being here. We uh, it, was, it was great to hear from you. We, we do miss you, and we have some great stories uh, when we think about you often. And uh, come by and see us sometime. I'll do that, guys. Thank you guys for calling. I appreciate it. Always good to catch up. Yes, yeah. sir. Great stories, Daryl. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right. Give everybody a hug, Bobby. Thank you. Yes, sir. We'll do it. See you, buddy. We'll do it. Bye-bye. Yeah, now, he really did have a lot of Lee Haven stories because he went to Lee Haven a lot. He loved bow hunt. Let me did. tell you what, that sucker had it like <laughs> you, you yeah, get bit by it. He, he got bit by it. Yeah. Yeah. He and he was a, a good bow hunter. No, too. he was. He was very good. Yeah. You know, one of the things that was funny about his bow, he would have sayings on his written on his limbs of his bow. So when he's at full draw, it would calm him down. It's like, stay calm. Yeah. You know, he'd pick a spot. Pick a yeah. spot. He, he was methodical about, you know. Of course, he's, he's that kind of guy anyways. You don't like the blue moon? No, it's okay. It's got Valencia orange peel in it, which I thought you would enjoy. Well, you know, I can. I, I thought I tasted orange peel. Did you? That is. Little yeah. hints. Yeah. So it what, pairs well with the elk sticks. It, well, it does. I think anything pairs well yeah. with the elk sticks. So, Dudley, I'd love to. I think you've got a little story. I was hoping you might. Would yeah, have. I've got a little story uh, from back in the day, my, my family land that um, – my dad started piecing together when I was a little kid, and uh, he passed away when I was in high school. He was like, you know, we were best buddies, and uh, that was a that was a tough time for me. But uh, I bet. we uh, just picked back up, and I, you know, kept using the place, and still have it today. Um, but we've had some odd things happen there. 
Um, and, you know, not too different from Lee Haven or, you know, what you've heard from other, I don't, you know, spooky I don't, places. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about ghosts and that kind of thing. I, you know, spirits. I've, I've had some weird <laughs> things happen to me that I thought maybe, I don't want to say it's God or a spirit or a ghost or what, but, uh, seems to me like it was something but but this story something. you know like I'd go to sleep one night in my trusty hat that I always wear and you know you when, during hunting season you don't take your hat off till you're right. about to go to bed right. and then you yeah, as soon as you wake up you put your hat back on right and it's always right next to you well I've had my hat come up missing a couple of times uh and you know when I wake up in the morning and can't um, seem to locate it and I've had some odd stuff you know like uh uh, turkey hunt. I've had a, a barred owl follow me around all morning. That was really close. Yeah, uh, maybe there's during an duck experience. season. I've had a I've had a gobbler follow me two miles through the cypress trees to our duck hole and sit there and watch us hunt. Uh, now that is, is odd. That's, that's so Chingach good looking. And, at uh, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know if that was ghost or God or whatever, but you know, it was right after my dad died, and I was ah. duck hunting with his best friend. Now, we literally had a gobbler in the cypress trees at the launch. That's pretty heavy right yeah, there. Now I'm going followed to us in the it, boat yeah. for about two miles, and then while we were putting out decoys and hunting and, and whatever, watched you. It was in a little island of cypress, a couple hundred yards away, and wa- basically watched the hunt. Wow! And uh, it did stay when we left, but I, I thought that was odd that literally flew from tree to tree and followed us to the duck hole. But my hmm. my story involves our little farm in Holmes County, Mississippi, um, and it had an old cabin that was, I think, built back in the '40s or so from rough cut lumber, mm-hmm. just a real you know rickety cabin. And uh, wind to blow through it. Yeah, throw and, a cat uh, through the wall. It's just <laughs> a long tailed black <laughs> panther through the Look wall. Look out! Here it comes. <laughs> Very rural, um, and. Uh, so this particular weekend, I wasn't there, but one of my best friends was, and he was by himself and, and you know, getting his supper ready, hanging out, you know, just turned on the little eight-inch screen, black and white yeah. TV with two channels and, you know, adjusting the rabbit Trying ears. Trying to get them zoned in there. Yeah. Got to have some mute you know, noise. Maybe hiding a- Dudley's hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and we also had a, had a little radio there. And uh, would listen to football games and stuff like that. But all of a sudden, the radio started doing some odd things, you know, uh, turning off and on, uh, mm-hmm. changing channels, lights flickering. And he was thinking, well, you know, maybe maybe it's just the radio. Yeah. You know? And um, unplug it, plug it in somewhere else, turn it on, doing the same thing. And he started getting weird and and scared. And, uh, you know, before long, it, it started evolving to the lights. And then he said he thought he could hear voices coming up through the floorboards, uh, human voices. <laughs> and, um, you know, over time, the story changes yeah. very little, but, you know, just because it's told over and over. But the, the story kind of remains similar. And uh, it you know, it just get kept getting worse and worse. The voices kept getting louder. The lights started getting worse. And he said, I've had it. I'm gone. And he, and he left. I'm gone. Yeah. And this is the weirdest thing. And I, I'm not going to say his name because he's, he's a little embarrassed about it to this day. I mean, when something like that happens, it's, it's scary. And you, but you also are scared to tell your friends because they, they think, think you're that, crazy. They think you're crazy. You know? Yeah. And so he called me. As soon as you get reception, which is about a mile down the road, and his voice was different. He was terrified. He was terrified. Yeah. And uh, when he walked out on the porch and started going to his car, he said, there's an old tree, an old cherry bark red oak that's probably 150 years old. It's huge, and it always had a swing in it. He said he glanced over and could see what looked like it didn't look real. It kind of looked ghosty, you know, yeah. looked like bodies hanging from that tree. Mm. And good Lord. And he was, <laughs> he was gone. And like I said, he called me in tears, yeah. uh, freaked out. 
and uh, told me the story. And then days later, the story didn't change. Yeah. Um, and it to this day hadn't changed. So it, that's that's odd. No, that's uh. And uh, I, like I said, I've never had anything. That's a, that's a scary story. I've never had anything happen to me there that was scary. I yeah. almost felt like. So the next time you went, did you have you did you go back in there? Uh, it was it was difficult. Yeah, and uh, it's it's kind of odd, but um, about a year later, a tornado came through and and tore oh, the cabin it. to pieces. So, Whew. no more weird, <laughs> no more weirdness. Wow. I think you know. I don't. You know. We were talking about scary stories, and I don't have. I don't have very many at all. You know, primarily that one I just told. But you, I think you don't that, hang around. Yeah, I, I, I minimize my exposure time. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh like it wouldn't been but one little radio. Yeah. Damn, I'm gone. They'd have been like, damn, we thought we was gonna scare him, but he he ran off. But go ahead. Yeah, that was it. That's that was my point. Is like because I, I, you can ask my wife, family. Like, I don't watch scary stuff. Yeah. I, I don't. Either. I do not watch it. Yeah. Like because I'm in too many scary places all the time. Right. You know, and my mind, as y'all know, you know, not not degrading my <laughs> long tailed cat story because I got a witness with that one. Uh, but you know, your mind will get to you, especially mine. Yeah, it will. So. It's that's what a lot of this is. Is your mind? Yeah. It really, it really is. So, so I've, I've not, I've ran out of the woods several times. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody have fun at the hunt. Yeah, everybody, yeah, weekend. exactly. <laughs> everybody have a work day. Oh, uh, uh, so, but I mean, no, go ahead. I won't. Let me change gears just a little bit. One of the things that kind of endears me about you guys, I'm going to ask a question, and I bet y'all don't know the answer to this. Both mm. either one of you. Do Probably. you know? Is this a did you know? Who won the World Series last night? Oh, you know, that's out of my spectrum. I'll let you just say, how about who was playing in the World Series? I know I know one of those. Uh, I uh, wish I could tell you that. Yeah, who's TB? I saw somebody with a TB hat on Tampa Bay. Yeah. Is that not? No. So, <laughs> so anyway. Long, Is that right? Long, Boom. long story short, you guys are so into all this hunting stuff, you just don't pay any attention to the. Uh, I think the, the Cubs were stuff. in it like four years ago. I remember Daniel being fired up about the Cubs. Were they in it again? Uh, no, 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 they weren't. No, you, we, you, you, the TB that that got you in the neighborhood, but the winner of the it obviously wasn't TB. It wasn't, it wasn't Tampa Bay. No, no. So. Jason over here. Jason will know. He knew all the answers. So, yep. All right. So, uh, look, I, I've got a little factoid. Wait, so wait, thing. you're not even going to tell us what happened? Uh, well, I didn't, I really didn't know. When I was driving <laughs> to work this morning, they said the Dodgers won the World Series. And I said, well, I didn't even know we were having a World Series. So you Series. asked that question and you didn't even know the answer I didn't to it either. I didn't know it until this morning driving to work. Oh, okay. I hadn't. So you're in the same boat we are. I keep up with college football. Yeah, you do. Obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, it, it just surprised me. I, I didn't even know where they were playing the college. I mean, the World Series. So yeah, I, I hadn't missed much of a lick. I did miss a little bit. Of, I can tell I was fond of SEC football when this whole thing broke out and they said they weren't going to play. I was kind of bummed about it, but yeah, that's about it. So uh, one more thing, and then we'll get out of here. But uh, the time the, to go. The, the did you know kind of thing? I've got this vampire bat. Huh? It's from you know South, I'm a bat expert. From South America. <laughs> and do you know that, that the uh, the range of that, one of the favorite th- things that this vampire bat can fly around and then and when it spot, it's got like infrared and when it spots a sleeping mammal, say a jaguarunde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a jaguarunde sleeping in a tree or something. They roost together. He can land on the limb and then walk down that and limb. And bite him. And bite him. And he can, his teeth are so, so sharp, sharp and I so knew small this. that he can suck blood for and they 30 minutes it. and they never know no. it. Yeah. I is that it. not crazy? Uh, yes. That is crazy. I'm glad we don't have vampire bats around here. I wonder if they ever get humans when they're asleep. Probably, but you know, the, like you did that range of the Jaguarunde. Mm-hmm. You showed that the, the, uh, the this area that where we live, you could have. I'm just saying it's Halloween. I'm going to look this have up. Vampire bats. Out look, there. I know we got bats. Just ask my wife about the one that was flying around in our living room when I was duck hunting in the Delta. <laughs> I don't know why she called me about that. <laughs> yeah, hey, 
Bats are cool animals. <laughs> My daughter had one come under her bedroom door a few months ago. She was sitting on her bed doing her homework, and she looked, and a bat crawled underneath her door. Oh, oh my lord! And they're creepy freaked, when they're crawling. She freaked out, and I came and looked at it, and it was just flying in a circle in her room. And uh, I finally, I got, I got a net and just finally stuck it out and got it. Should I tell my bat stories? Might as well. Is it too much? Yeah, might as well. We've got, we've. uh, Intrigued with bats, got intrigued with bats. uh, I don't know. How long ago was this, Dudley? Probably four years ago, five Mm -hmm. years ago. Because I live in a river bottom um, and I wanted to control the mosquitoes as well as I could. So I'm like, I'm going to build a bat house. It's a great idea. Let me tell you something about building a bat house. Don't put it on the side of your house, Mm. especially if you have a wood house with lap siding. Because there's a lot more cracks in there yeah. than you think there is. A lot of bad houses. <laughs> so, you create, so it's like I put a little neighborhood. I, I created a starter home, <laughs> and they moved. It was like, oh, look at here. But I ended up having uh, I, I pretty much a colony of bats living in the bat house, and they would they would leave in you know in the winter. I don't know where they would go, and then they would come back. Well, they decided not to leave that winter, and they pretty much went from in the bad house to in, your in house. all the cypress siding on the house. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, uh, nonetheless, uh, but I think uh, I removed the bad house, moved it out further into the uh, in the yard, and I think they've uh, a lot eating, of them moved in there. Oh, they eating your mosquitoes? Oh, absolutely. Down? There are. We don't have mosquitoes at my house, even to this day, even with the bat house gone. Well, that's a redeeming. I mean, we have them, but it's not near as bad as you'd think where I live. Yeah, that's a redeeming quality. Oh, no, it's they're an intriguing animal. You for can sure. save the bat poop and put it yeah. on your garden or yeah. around I, your trees. I have an azalea that's as, as big as the ceiling in this room because it was right under the bat house. Okay, mm. cool. How about that? All right, well, so, look, we've been here about, it's been here over yeah. an hour. Oh, we got to go. And uh, yeah, it's about time. And everybody, this is going to be a Halloween edition. Happy so this one, uh, we moon phases, we, bats, scary and, uh, stories. Yeah, we, yeah. We hope you enjoyed Marjorie this one. killing two hundred inch typical whitetails. Please go have fun at your hunting camp this weekend. Mm-hmm. Don't remember or think about any of the Don't stories sleep. that we, that we <laughs> yeah. told. Dudley, we need you to get some coffee. And uh, Dudley, you got anything else to say? Why don't you tell them goodbye, Dud? Goodbye, Dud. All right, Lanny, why don't you get us out of here? Get us out of here, Cleve. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.